Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. Uh, the Queen of Warriors has already garnered some fantastic acclaim. Margaret George, author of Helen of Troy, has called it imaginative, exciting, and alluring. Adam Alexander Havures of Eagles and Dragons Publishing has described The Queen of Warriors as a sizzling epic that will tempt you into the Hellenistic age. Neil's writing is smooth, and anyone would be hard-pressed not to fall in love with her kick-ass heroine, Alexandra of Sparta. Uh, Zenobia Neal was named after an ancient warrior queen who fought against the Romans. Super cool. A lifelong lover of Greco-Roman mythology, she writes about the ancient world, Greek gods, and other mythological creatures having too much fun. The Queen of Warriors is her third book. Please welcome Zenobia Neal. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming, and thanks for, to Skylight for hosting me. Um, so some of you know, I think most of you know actually, I've been working on this book for a really long time. I started over seven years ago. Um, I had to write two other books in between to write a very difficult scene. So um, it's very exciting to finally have it out there. Yeah, so be warned if you bought the book. <laughs> um, there is a scene that was hard, but very satisfying to get to. So I'm gonna read you two different sections. Um, the first is the prologue, and it takes place in Ephesus. Alexandra knelt before the priestess in the darkened cavern amid the flickering lamps. She had been to every temple from Isfahan to Ephesus and sacrificed to no avail. But she had never expected to find herself here. What do you want from the goddess? The priestess asked, eyeing her with distrust. Alexandra was fairly sure the priestess knew who she was, <laughs> who she had been. The fly also seems to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need someone with the palm frond right there. <laughs> Alexandra was fairly sure the priestess knew who she was, who she had been, but she did not think the old woman would turn her in for the price on her head. I wish to break the curse that haunts me. She spoke from low in her throat, in intimacy between the two of them. This was the secret she had longed to say aloud for the last three years, and here it was. She stopped herself from saying what else she longed for, to find any of her men who still lived, especially Aristos and Nikandor, and ask for forgiveness before she died. The priestess's one blind eye and one seeing eye passed over Alexandra's muscles and scars. The old bitch had made her strip for this ritual, and now she stared her eyes lingering over Alexandra's golden necklaces, bracelets, and rings. The goddess cannot break the curse, the priestess said, but if you wish, I will ask Hecate to open the gate. Then you may speak to the one who cursed you. Then you can beg for forgiveness. Alexandra was not one to beg. She did not li fear living men, but Hecate, the triple-headed goddess, the keeper of the crossroads, the goddess of witches, Hecate, the name was like an ice-cold blade on her naked flesh. Yet Alexandra had traversed all the way from deep within the heart of Asia Minor to come here to Ephesus. She had expected the great temple of Artemis to be her destination, but she had been summoned to this cave shrine of Hecate. She would see it through. I seek only one of the dead. Will others cross the gate? 
The priestess grinned, exposing her broken teeth. That depends on your crimes, warrior woman. If those you killed lay unburied and haunt the land of the living, longing for vengeance, they may come through as well. Can they harm me? They are merely shades. It is for you to account for the lives you've taken. Alexandra lifted her chin. I regret not a single one of the men I killed, only the deaths I failed to prevent. For those I repent, and for those I am willing to pay with my life, if need be. It will not be that easy. The priestess withdrew a dagger from a sheath on her waist. The sacrificial blade was short and dark, bronze instead of steel, and had been forged long ago. Your people know the goddess yearns for mortal blood, as do the shades of the dead. Take this and give them what you will. She handed Alexandra the dagger, hilt first. Though I can see you are shrouded in sorrow, it is not your time to die yet. Don't cut too deep. Alexandra approached the black goddess stone on her knees. She raised her left arm, whispered a name, and cut her wrist so the blood began to flow. The priestess drew a circle around Alexandra and the stone. She pulled a pouch from her robes, uttered an incantation, and sprinkled an herb over the lamps. Soon the scent of myrrh and honey mixed with the iron smell of Alexandra's blood filled the cavern. Once the gate to the underworld opened, the priestess left. Shades of fallen warriors filled the sanctuary, shouting oaths no louder than the wind. Alexandra stared at them, trying to find a familiar face. Though she had lost enough blood to swoon, she swayed on her knees, her back straight, and spoke loudly to the shades. If I killed you in battle, you died honorably. If it shames you to have been killed by a woman, no, I am not any woman. I am of Sparta. Any of my countrymen would have dispatched you just as quickly. Go from this place now. Drink from the river Lethe and find peace. The shades did not leave, but they quieted. Her skin prickled with goose flesh. It was not only fear. Despite the smoke and flames, the temple had grown cold. One shadow, who had been silent all along, now grew strong on her blood. Though still transparent and dark, it gained form. Suddenly able to see the shade, tears came to her eyes. Beloved, she said, her voice breaking, forgive me. I did not mean it to happen. Tell me what to do. I will give you my life if you wish it. The shade gazed at her with a mixture of love, bitterness, and vengeance. Vishanti, the shade said, the sound no more than a whisper. I cursed you in love, and only by love or justice can you break the curse. You must right the wrongs you have done and face your deepest fear. Return to Rage and pay for your crimes. Alexandra swayed on her knees and brought her hands to her face, allowing herself to sob only once. She had planned to return to Sparta. After all this time, she had been about to journey across the sea to finally go home, but it seemed the gods had other plans for her. All right, so that's the beginning, and then she goes to Rage, and um, she ends up getting captured, and she tries to escape, but she's, in this scene, she's tied to a bed and blindfolded. Um, 
Okay, so she's talking to the, the Persian rebel Artaxerxes who has captured her. Those you slaughtered would not have called you merciful. His voice was raw with anger. He took a breath and seemed to calm himself before coming closer. But where have you been, my queen? We have all been looking for you. These last three years, no one has seen you in the flesh until now. His hand, cool and dry, caressed her throat. Alexandra tried to appear calm. Never let them see your fear, Nicander the little red fox's voice said in her mind. Even as a ghost, he advised her still. How much is the price on my head, she asked. Three gold talents if you are captured alive, relatively unharmed. A single talent was more than a common man could expect to see in his life, enough to buy a battleship or feed an army for a year. A fine amount, I'm flattered. He would keep her alive then, deliver her to the highest bidder. Who will pay you these many talents? No one. I am the one who set the price. But it was Red Wind who put the price on my head, and Red Wind is dead. Yes, he trailed his fingers to her chest where he could surely feel the pounding of her heart. I heard you were dead too, my queen, yet here you are. She tried to ignore his hands, to push away thoughts of what he would do to her. This was what Nicander the little red fox had tried to prepare her for, what Lysander and Caiaphas had warned her about. Are you Red Wind, she asked, unable to keep the terror from her voice. No, I am Artaxerxes. He spoke his own name as if caressing a lover. But you knew Red Wind? You were in his army? He made a noise low in his throat. Why, he asked, speaking almost in a whisper. Are you looking for someone? Someone you left behind when you gave your army to Red Wind at Aegeus? She clenched her fists and gritted her teeth, her blood pumping with rage. I did not give my army to Red Wind. We all know how you abandoned your army, leaving the men loyal to you to die. It is said they crucified your generals Caiaphas and Lysander. She had heard the rumors, like a knife searing her flesh every time. There was no reason to doubt it was true, but she could not help but ask, Were you there? Did you see it yourself? He paused and lifted his hand. Yes, it took Caiaphas the Cruel almost three days to die, and there was much rejoicing. She winced as if struck, glad her eyes were hidden. This Artaxerxes must have been an officer in Red Wind's army. Surely if Red Wind lived, he would be here now, unless he was on his way, and Artaxerxes was keeping her for him. Why did you come back now? Is there someone you seek? She had searched for Nicander, the little red fox, and Aristos since she had lost them if she could only see them once before dying. But what if they were his slaves? She did not think she could say their names without tears. Images of Caiaphas and Lysander on the cross flitted through her mind. She should have died at Aegeus with them. Tell me, he said, laying his hand on her throat, why did you return to Rage after all these years? She laughed bitterly, hoping to mask the grief that had overcome her. Well, Artaxerxes, it appears I have returned to Rage to die. How is it to be done? He did not answer. Instead, he trailed his fingers over her collarbone and down the length of her arm, as if touching a coveted gift. Though some of my men and all of Rage would like, to kill, would like me to kill you immediately, I need not. I have the luxury of doing with you what I wish. You will have to kill me. I will belong to no man. No, Alexandra of Sparta? We will see about that. 
It is said you killed your first and second husbands and took their armies for your own. Is that true? It's a good way to acquire an army, Artaxerxes. Perhaps you desire to be my third husband? <laughs> a man in the room laughed, though Artaxerxes did not. My army would not yield to you so easily. No, I suppose they wouldn't. She tried to laugh, to appear strong. Keep him talking, Nicander's ghost counseled. Discover his plans and try to thwart them. So, what will you do with me? <laughs> Do you have any questions? <laughs> That's kind of the reading portion. <laughs> yeah, and what happens next? You'll have to buy the book to find out. <laughs> Well, I think a lot of you will relate to what motivated me was having a second child and needing to escape really, really <laughs> far into the past. <laughs> I, when I started writing this book, I was actually thinking of like trying to write a mommy blog, and I wrote this instead. <laughs> so, I mean, that was what motivated me, but then... Um, it was really hard because it was over 2,000 years ago and there wasn't like, dear diary, today, you know, there wasn't that kind of information. Um, so I just did a lot of research and I was really intrigued to find out what, I was really curious to know what life was like after Alexander the Great because there's a lot written about his life, but then it's like nothing, 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 Rome. And I mean the Parthian Empire, but just like, but then Rome, and I'm like, this is people's whole lives happened during those decades and centuries. So what was that like? So it was a combination of trying to escape my children and um, being curious about the past. Yeah. Any other questions? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, and I, um, my editor helped me a lot with that, but she also made this map, which was kind of a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. So, um, thanks for noticing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, I was tired of that. Um, so I was really inspired by Xena Warrior Princess <laughs> when I first started, when I first thought of this character. Like, there was so much I wanted to know about Xena um, that, and then this, the, you know, show got pretty ridiculous. Um, so I, but I loved that idea of, of Xena. And so um, 
I was that was kind of the inspiration for that. But I mean, there were there were really women warriors in the past. It's just that a lot of times their stories didn't get recorded or they got glossed over and they got made into a wife or a mother. But um, Alexander the Great's sister was actually a woman warrior, and his mother also went into battle too. So I mean, there definitely were a lot of women warriors, not as many of men warriors, um, but. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like that cautionary tale of what happens when a woman goes into the man, a man's world. And I do kind of talk about that a lot in the book because as a woman warrior, she knows she's really vulnerable for daring to cross that threshold. But it's like how different is that from just being a woman in the ancient world who could be abused just for being there? Yeah. Um, I found my, my editor runs a blog called Dirty Sexy History, and so when I saw that, I was like, I've been, you're the one I've been waiting for. <laughs> um, so, like, people who are into, um, like, Dirty Sexy History are my kind of people. <laughs> so that's how I found my editor, and then um, I, I had sent this book out to a lot of different agents, and then I finally decided to self-publish because I kind of felt like if I didn't, um, I would still be here with this book 20 years later and I needed to move on. <laughs> um, but I had an amazing friend who's in the audience who did the cover for me, so that's one of the reasons it looks so great. Found a weird card in the. Yeah. Any other questions? Um, were there any themes or chapters that had to be rewritten because the history didn't line up, or you found that the history? Didn't line up? Hmm. Um, well, the thing about this time in the ancient world is that, like, there aren't really. There's no. There's nothing to contradict to say, like, on this day at this time that did not happen. So I feel like really. I mean, at first I was sad I couldn't read more about it, but then I was like, well, I have more freedom. But, I mean, I rewrote this book thousands of times, it feels like. Um, what happened more was that the characters became more real. So the thing that my character has to do at the end that made me write two other books, um, like, in my mind, it was fine. But once he was my real character having to do something really hardcore, it became harder. So it wasn't that the history made it hard to write. It was that the characters were like, how could you do this to me? Like, I'm a real person now, as opposed to, like, a more two-dimensional right. person. So, I mean, there were a lot of, a lot that I rewrote. Yeah. That's a good question. Carrie, what happened? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what, I mean, it was just like, things just became clear after time. You know, like sometimes things work out that way, like you don't know what to do and then you like go on a walk or take a shower or drive on the freeway and you're suddenly like, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah, like some parts, some scenes, I was just like, mm, this doesn't work anymore. Or reading the whole thing together, it's like, oh, I said that. You know, like the, the conflict between the main couple, it's like, okay, I've already gotten that out. And I mean, sometimes as a writer, a lot of times I feel like I need to write like three or four sentences to get one. And it's normally the third or fourth one that like, and then I can delete the other ones. But I needed those ones to get to that one good one that explains everything. Um, you know, and it was really challenging because I remember this one time I wanted to say she was, she was recharged and I was like, it's a really modern word and I was really struggling to find the right term or like mesmerizing and whether or not that's appropriate because mesmer was a person as a friend pointed out. <laughs> so, I mean, using the right term, like thinking about the words we use that would work in the ancient world is, you know, I mean, there's a point where you're like, okay, I'm actually writing in English and they're speaking two different ancient languages. <laughs> but, you know, you want it to feel as authentic as possible. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, well, I think that that has to do with like the first, all of those drafts where it kind of gets, like the first draft might be like, he was wearing leather trousers and embroidered tunic. And then it's like, you know, he tied his belt to his leather trousers or something. So it's kind of like, it needs, like first you need to learn. Because when I first started writing, I, I remember being like, what did they eat? Did they have chickens? Did they make eggs? How did they light their houses? Like, you know, how? And so it's like once you figure that out and then you can just kind of mention it in passing without being like, here's the world. It was like this. You know, it's like making those simple sentences more complex. Many other things cooking. <laughs> well, so when I when I wrote this book, it was actually for a while like seven hundred pages um, because then I made her the Queen of Warriors, and I was like, how did she get to be the Queen of Warriors? Um, so I have this. I had this whole like backstory that was her childhood, and they came to the little red fox's childhood. So. Um, I was like, but this book is too big. So I just took all of that out and that will be the, pre the prequel. So, I mean, I have that written, but I need to make it better. <laughs> um, and I'm also working on a, a book about Dionysus. Huh? My other books? Okay, so when, when I had to do this hard thing to my character. Um, then I wrote Psyche and Bound because that was like a nice little love story, even though Venus is really mean. Um, so I wrote that and then I wrote The Genie's Last Wish while I was, while I was getting up the nerve to finish this one. <laughs> so um, publishing this one is very exciting because it's just been, it's been a long time, but obviously my process is really weird because I can't, I mean, it would be great if I could just like write a book and be done with it, but instead it's like, I have to write three and then publish one and then go back and fix it. But it's kind of like, because the ancient world is so foreign, you know, that it's, if I were writing about now, I don't know what my process would be. <laughs> it might be the same. <laughs> but, um, 
but it's like you know getting into that place and then like getting familiar with it so yeah I have I have two other books in the ancient world and then so many other ideas so little time yeah Yeah, Dionysus. Yeah. So that's, I mean, it's like it's almost done as it's been almost done for for forever. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the prequel of The Queen of Warriors, Alexandra of Sparta. But um, I decided to make it both her, her perspective and Nicander's perspective, too. So I'm making it a little bit thicker than it was. But it's like what happened with this. And then I also started writing about another character from, from her story. He wanted to have his own book too. They're so demanding. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, third person limited, I would say, yeah. So this is from her perspective, but it's third person. And then, yeah, he, he tells his story in the third person too. Yeah. So what is your writing process? Do you get up at 5 a.m. and prep? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are the, what are the, what are the what? My husband and my mom are laughing at the thought of me getting up at 5 a.m. <laughs> um, well, it used to be that when the kids were watching cartoons, I would that would be like my main writing time. Um, so, norm, I mean, it's kind of, it also was kind of like whenever I can, you know. Um, but I haven't really been on a good schedule. I might have once woken up early and gone back to bed. <laughs> But, yeah, so it's normally, I mean, the thing is, the, the time I have the most to write is at night, but that's when my brain is, like, a mess, and I can't think of basic words, so that's challenging. Um, so, I mean, ideally, I'd like it to be before I pick up the kids from school. But it's always like, you know, I get really inspired right before I have to pick up the kids from school, so that can make it really hard. But yeah, there's no, I think I, I really admire people who wake up really early and do 2,000, 10,000 words. Um, that's really good for them. <laughs> yeah, any other questions? Thank you, oh yeah. That's a good question. I guess um, I feel like, okay, well, <laughs> when I started reading, I read Anne Rice, so maybe I blame her, but um, I feel like if I'm going to write, I want to write like a fun, horrifying fantasy world, and so there should be really good sex in it because it's kind of the point. <laughs> 
Right, right. And also, yeah, I mean, it is, like, about her. And it's not... I, I don't want it to be, like... We've already seen the other male paradigm stuff. So, like, I don't need that. So, I mean, I, I am inspired to have it be more interesting. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that that's, I mean, I feel like if you're going to write, it should be fun and hot. And so, and also like, to, I mean, the thing about the ancient world is like, there's stuff in here that is okay for them, but definitely not okay now. So it gives me more freedom. It's a good question. And I'll have to tell you more of the answer when uh, <laughs> later. <laughs> Any other questions? Cool. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming. So I'm going to sign books, but also we're going to... You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by, and we hope to see you soon.